Let's talk about it. A moment with Adelaide. Whether morning, noon, or night, we about to create a vibe. Don't be scared to speak your mind. Digging deep and say just what you find. Take a moment. Take a moment. A moment with Wait, so do I get to lead this episode? It's your episode. <laughs> so, hey guys. Um, welcome back to another episode of LNA Podcast. It's Akile. And I was going to say hi to our um, LNA squad. I guess. What's good, LNA squad? Guys, Elgin's birthday is in like three hours. For sure. Elgin, how hours. does it feel? To be turning 40. <laughs> you got jokes out this world, baby girl. You got jokes. You know that? How does it feel to be an old man? I mean, it feels good. I wouldn't consider myself an old man, but, you know, it feels good, man. Um, birthday only come once a year, and, um, you know... It just feels good to be able to celebrate, you know, another year of life, another year of growth, another year of, you know, progressing and moving forward, man. Um, 30 was um, was a good year, man. It's a lot happened. Uh, life changed drastically, but um, in my opinion, for the better, you know, um, moving forward. And um, that's on that. Okay. So I was going to do a whole mental health check-in, but I like this better. So what were three highlights of your 30? Um, Three highlights of my 30. Um, I would say the growth of my relationship with my son. Um, just him getting older and understanding life a little bit more and being able to kind of I feel like be in the moment when it's just me and him um so that just seeing the changes in him and as he, and as he grows and starts to learn and be able to you know be a less a little bit more independent and him wanting to do things on his own and you know that was a highlight of the year for me um Another one was just going after life, you know, aggressively. Everything that, you know, I did in year 30, you know, 
um, my business prospering, you know, my personal personal chef business prospering and, you know, going after life from when it came into the world of um, photography and videography, like the projects that I've been a part of, you know, being able to, you know, be a videographer on concerts for major artists like City Girls and Jeezy and Plows and, you know, couple other artists you know the list kind of goes on but just being able to be in the moment in those moments and enjoy it but actually work hard and grow and see myself develop in that area it's been a blessing man and I would say the last thing that was a dope thing about 30 is um I would say putting myself first in a lot of areas almost all areas in my life you know um just being able to rest and being able to do what i felt was necessary or what i wanted to do and not having to look back or look over my shoulder or wonder like am i hurting somebody's feelings you know um being surrounded by people that that accepted that and knew that's where i was at and wasn't really trying to challenge me i mean i think it was like maybe one person like that but they got gone pretty quick. Um, kind of got cut off. They ain't really get going on their own. But, you know, that's another story for another day. You but, think um, so cool. I ain't trying to be cool or nothing like that. I'm just telling you, like, that's what it is. Okay. You know, so <laughs> I respect people that put themselves first, too. But, um, yeah, man, that, that would be my top three. I love that for you. Definitely. What are you looking forward to in your 31st year? Um, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to, um, I have, I have a few things in the works business wise. I'm looking forward to all of them getting off the ground and releasing and being profitable within the first six months of 2022. Um, so that's my, that's my goal. That's what I'm looking forward to, you know, by 2022, all of them being off the ground running and functioning, you know, legal businesses. Um, and by June, uh, and I say the word legal businesses because people be out here having a business and it ain't registered <laughs> with some biz, don't got no LLC, don't got no S Corp, don't got nothing, just calling yourself a business. So legal businesses. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to looking back or listening to this episode in June and it being, it doing exactly what I said it was going to do, you know? So, um, that's what I'm looking forward to. You said three things or Mm-mm. nah, okay. So really that's <laughs> <laughs> really, that's, that's number one, man. I'm looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to getting those businesses up and running and legal legal business (laughs) and eventually getting them on automation man because if you ain't making money when you sleep you ain't making money okay (laughs) 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 all right well Elgin, thank you for sharing i'm so um excited to be a part of your 31 definitely but lna lna for sure gang gang so um, I'm so happy that what uh, you and this gang, gang. I know I'm really waiting for it to pass, but this is gonna pass eventually. 
I don't know. I'm still saying um, I love that for you. <laughs> and I've been saying that for a minute. Okay. So, Elgin. Uh-huh. Um, this is our first episode about you being a parent. Yeah, man. Let's do it. I'm ready. So, we're going to be having a lot of episodes um, focused solely on Elgin and Elgin Jr. For sure. Because that's adorable. Definitely. Uh-huh. So, um, they're going to be called Parenting. This one's going to be Parenting 101. So, we'll have Parenting 102. So on, so on, so on. And we're going to highlight a different topic every episode. Is that okay with you, sir? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so um, this episode is really just going to be focused on you as a parent, Elgin, and the type of parent that you are. As I was doing my research, there's so many things that I found interesting, like about millennials and parenting, because I guess you're technically a millennial. Technically. You know, I, I guess we'll claim you. I mean. Because I'm feeling nice today, since so it's like almost your birthday. Yeah. But you it was know, like any other nice. day, I would definitely be calling you a boomer because you're old. Wow, the disrespect. You guys hear this? <laughs> the disrespect. Okay. I was doing research and there was this article that I came across that I found really interesting. And it was basically talking about how millennial parents, even though like they work more, they spend the most time with their children compared to the past generations. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Um, I could agree. Um, I think that I think the value of spending time with your kids um, is a little bit higher than previous generations. Um, I definitely value spending time with my son. Um, I remember always saying like I wanted to be able to be in a place where I could take my son to school. And have those intimate conversations on the way to school or pick my son up from school. And I'm able to do that, you know. It's not to the point where we can have those conversations quite yet because he's still very young. Um, But just having the schedule and availability to take him to school, pick him up from school, be involved, um, be able to speak with the teachers, be able to, you know, show my face and be available and the teachers understand, you know, my presence is there and it's felt. Um, I think that's that's definitely a little bit more than some of the past generations and not to say that they didn't value it or anything. I just think that their mindset might have been a little bit different and just um, their structure, your, their job structure may not have allowed, may not have allowed it, but that was always a goal of mine. So I'm happy to be able to do that. So far. This is so freaking cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I love it. Did you always want to be a parent? Um, I wouldn't say I always wanted to be a parent. I always knew that I would be hmm. a great parent, a great father. So you knew that you would be a great father, but yeah. you never really wanted to be a father? Uh, I wouldn't say I never really wanted to be a father. I would say that you know it was it was one of those things where you know i knew i wanted to have a kid um and i just didn't really know timing um or say like yeah i'm ready now um so that's how i would put it i knew i wanted to be a father i knew that 
I would enjoy fatherhood and I understood the principles and the things it took to be a father and the sacrifices that you have to make. And so, yeah, that would, that would be how I word it. Okay. One more children. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my heart says I would love to have a daughter. I would love to have a little girl. Um, so I would, I would give it another go, um, for a girl, uh, but it would definitely take, a a special woman to want me to give it another go. <laughs> First and foremost, she gonna have to carry the last name Frederick before we give it a go. So yeah, I ain't, I, I'm not signing up for, uh, another Another baby mama, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Gotta be, gotta be my wife. Can you be my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'll give it another go, you yeah. know. Um, but it's a time limit on it for real, though. Like, I mean, Junior's what three? I say by the time Junior like seven, they gotta be here. Or at least like loading, like month one, <laughs> like we just found out we're pregnant type stuff. So mm. it gave me a little bit of time, you know, almost four years. I think that, you know, that's enough time to, you know, scout out a prospect, land one, and, you know, make it a done deal. Impregnate her? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Get engaged to her first. <laughs> Get married to her second. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a few steps. And then baby on the way you got your boss so yeah okay so what kind of parent would you describe yourself as because there's like different types you have like the the disciplinarian you have the authoritative so what type of parent is LJ um I would say that I'm a balanced parent um I love balance in all aspects of my life um definitely definitely a disciplinarian um I'm definitely the one that you know, corrects, gets them in line. Um, even just thinking back to when, you know, I was in the home with the mother of my child and, you know, it was really like when he act up, oh, I'm going to tell your daddy. Uh, oh, your daddy going to get on you. You know, these would be things that she would say. Um, and, um, you know, so I'm definitely a disciplinarian. I get that from my father wholeheartedly firsthand. Um, he was a disciplinarian to the death of him. Um, and I would say that I'm also nurturing as well. Um, because I understand that kids need love. Kids have to understand that they're safe with you. Kids have to feel love, wanted, and appreciated. Um, so I would say I'm definitely balanced. I'm definitely disciplinarian, but I also can give nurturing and love and I enjoyed the the loving aspects of parenthood as well. Um, I really enjoy um, giving my son a bath. Um, and that's just a simple nurturing thing, you know, just watching him play in the tub with toys. And, you know, it's, it's really a highlight of my night sometimes just to, you know, see him relax and have fun and me just be able to be there in the moment and watch him and, you know, be able to watch him grow and, as he's learning different things and as he's understanding, you know, how things float back up to the top in the tub and things like that. So um, I enjoy those moments as well. 
I love that for you. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so what lessons are you looking forward to teaching him? Um, so let's go with top three. Mm-hmm. Number one lesson I'm looking forward to teaching him is that as a man, your word is your bond. Um, and no matter who that's with, if that's with a woman, if that's with a man, if that's with yourself, you know, um, when you say something, you stand on it. When you make a promise, you keep that promise. Um, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And if there is a point in time where you can't do it, you, you stand up on that, you know, and you admit, Hey, I feel short or I didn't do this because X, Y, Z, um, so that would be the first episode. I mean, the first lesson would be, you know, just um, your word is your bond and being a man of your word. Um, the second one would be is to love and respect all women. Um, I would definitely focus on him understanding how to love and respect his mother first. Um, and then just showing him how that grows into all women. Um, no matter age, gender, race, you respect all women. Um, you may not per se be in love with the woman, but you can show love um, by the way that you respect her and the way that you approach and communicate with her. No matter if it's somebody you know, no matter if it's somebody you're uh, attracted to or into, um, all women there's deserve respect so um just showing him what that looks like um simple forms of of respect and chivalry you know um opening the door um you know just being polite you know and understanding that it's okay to um look out for them you know make sure that they feel safe and secure in your presence that's your responsibility as a man um, so that would be the second lesson for me. Um, and the third lesson would be uh, multiple streams of income. Um, teaching them at a young age that, hey, it's okay to have two businesses. It's okay to have three businesses. Um, how do you manage your time? You know, how do you operate, function, and run multiple businesses? Um, putting business on automation, you know. Um, hiring good employees so that you do less, um, that you have more time. Uh, so teaching him that that is a way of life from a very young age. Uh, my goal is, you know, probably by the time my son's 15 to at least have two businesses in his name, you know, or he's co-owner, you know. Um, it may be a business that I start for him and just put him down as rightfully co-owner and and, you know, pay him at least 50 percent, you know, because that's what co-owners make, you know. Um, so that would be, you know, the third lesson for me that I that I will teach him. That's nice. Definitely. Generational wealth. Exactly. I we saw this. You got to see it. I saw this quote one time um, and it said, um, I'm going to. I'm going to show my son how to be someone your daughter looks up to, not someone she has to cry over. Mm. And that hit home with me. 
Um, because I think a lot of times we as men forget that we're the first example of what a man is and should be to our sons. Um, so I definitely want to be a great example for my son. Um, and my plan is to surround him with other men that are great examples too. Cause I know that that may be sometimes that I can't get through, you know, sometimes you have those issues where, you know, you can't get to, can't get through to your children or your sons. But if he has four or five other solid men that he can go to, if he feels like he can't talk to me or can't get through to me, or we having a, you know, a little bit back and forth, um, I'll be happy about that. So I have two already. I know for sure that, you know, we, we definitely look out for each other and we're starting to look out for each other's kids already. So, um, you know, I plan to add to that and have a, have a, you know, Rolodex of, of stand up men that he can be around and learn from and, and educate himself. So what are some of the pressures that you face being a father? I would say some of the pressures I face of being a father is just making sure that you have balance and that you're um, spending time. Um, I live a busy life and um, there are times where I have to make sacrifices. I have to go and physically go and make money. And um, it's times when I, I have my son, you know, so I think just being able to balance, you know, what money is, quote unquote, good money and what money is worth losing time with my child. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things for me is just having to make sure that if I'm going to lose time with my child, I, I mean, I'll say this. There's no real dollar amount that's going to make up for losing time with your child. But you should really overly get compensated if you're going to lose time with your child. Um, I always think about, you know, when I think about fatherhood, I think about some of the people that were on a very big stage of fatherhood. I think about Kobe and um, I think about Shaq. You know, and I think about, um, you know, some of our fathers that were on TV, like the Cosby show and, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and shows like that and the examples of fatherhood that they had. And just to kind of bring it back down to, you know, Kobe was interviewed one time and he was saying how sometimes he would only have 30 minute spans where he could like really be a dad and spend time with the girls. And he would literally just take those 30 minute spans and and just make the most of them, you know, in between, you know, games or in between, you know, if they had a back to back and he had to get on a plane two hours from now, you know, he would take those 30 minutes and spend time, do homework, do whatever, check in with the girls and and then go back to his regular life, you know. So I feel like someone like that who's way more busy or way more demanding career than mine can you know, take the time, like, who am I not to figure it out? You know, who am I not to value that time and do what I need to do? Um, so I use those great examples to to just remember to value my time and put forth the effort to make sure that I'm putting that time in with my son. Um, that would be the number one pressure. 
the second pressure I would say would be is I put a little pressure on myself to be, to of course be better than my father. Um, and it's not like a competition thing or anything like that, but I just think that it's about paying it forward and and taking the next step in our family. You know, um, I think like you know if I was able to kind of quote somebody we had on, I think she said something like, if a certain generation was able to walk, the next generation should be able to run and next generation should be able to fly, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think like, you know, with my father, we were able to walk and, you know, and to run with the things that we were given and the access that we had to. So I think my son should be able to sprint, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So that's my goal. Um, that would be my next challenge. It's just my challenge on myself to to do more than my father was able to do for me. Um, and I think, like, silently my father is hoping that and has made certain statements about it, and he's expecting that of me as well. Um, so that would be my second challenge. And I would say the last challenge that I have um, in fatherhood is – showing emotion um i think that a lot of times in fatherhood you don't men don't show emotion they don't know how to or successfully show emotion so just showing my son that i'm real that i'm a human being that you know it's okay for men to cry it's okay for men to show affection um you know now I give my son a hug and, you know, I give him a kiss on the cheek. Um, and as he continues to grow and understand that, I, I think it'll be a somewhat of a little ritual for me. Um, I think that, you know, him being able to show emotion from a young age is going to unlock a lot of things that don't normally get unlocked in men until they get themselves in bad situations or into relationships with well over their head with women because they can't process and understand their emotions and they can't articulate what they're feeling um you know so i want to be able to pay it forward and and give my son those things that i didn't have and things that other young men may not have you know um, just set himself up to be an overall well-balanced, loving man. Um, so no matter what life throws at him, he can bounce back. He can get up. He can start over if he makes a mistake. And um, just give him the tools to really be successful out the gate in relationships and help him understand that it's okay not to want to be in one but know what to do when you are in one. Um, so those would be my top three challenges. Okay. I feel like I'm learning so much about you this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there are a lot of parenting norms that are, well, that were a part of like the old generations that mm-hmm. as millennials, we don't really like follow anymore. Cause kind of like you said, um, it's all about being better than the past generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk about some parenting norms that are a thing, and then you're going to tell me if you're going to implement them, what do's or not. 
Okay. Okay. So the first one is sharing is caring. <laughs> um, I would say yes to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know at a very young age it'll be all in sharing is caring, sharing is caring. Um, but I think once he gets to about about preteen, teenish, um, I'll kind of help him understand that don't suffocate yourself giving out too much to others um preserve your your what you need for you you know and of course what you have left make sure that you share and that's mostly about energy hmm. not gifts that's good or not um you know materialistic things but just understanding that your energy is valuable your energy is priceless and everyone doesn't deserve a piece of it you know you do what you have to do um in the circles that you're in you know if he's in sports or he's in you know extracurriculars whatever you you do what you need to do but um you reserve some energy for yourself at the end of the day that's something that i didn't learn until i was an adult so yeah definitely want to teach him about that train him up young yeah his energy is expensive exactly and not everyone deserves access to him correct mm-hmm. um eating everything off of his plate um mm, that's a good one um i don't think i'll i'll you know keep that um just because i feel like that you know when you're full understanding like the dynamics of the body and knowing like it only needs a certain level of protein, certain level of calorie intake to actually be successful. Sometimes I think at a young age we overate and we set ourselves up for failure um, because we ate so much every time and we we mentally felt like we needed that much to be full. I know me personally, man, when I was growing up, my plates used to be high, like big boy plates. <laughs> and thinking back on this, like, dang, bro, I didn't even need all that food. Like, <laughs> that was ridiculous, bro. Like, I remember back in the day, like, when um, McDonald's had the McDouble first came out and they were like a dollar. I remember, like, eating, like, four of them jokers plus fries plus a drink, like, yeah, I was playing sports and, you know, it probably metabolism high as heck, but I couldn't imagine like trying to eat four <laughs> right now. Like I can nah, imagine bro. eating McDonald's. Well, that's another story too. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, man, just I won't be something that I that I continue. Mm-hmm. You know, it leads to a lot of eating disorders too. Yeah, it does. Like it does a lot more harm than good. Exactly, and I think uh, I think some of the generation now does deal heavily with that. Um, it's a lot of kids that just haven't had a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Either because they don't know where their next meal is coming from mm-hmm. or because they've just been given access to everything, snacks galore, food galore. You know, mom makes these big, big meals, and they just – allowed to just eat whatever they want and i'm not saying you should starve your kids or hinder your kids but i think that some of these lessons the earlier 
they're exposed to it, the earlier they learn it, the better off they'll be. I think I was on Twitter one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm already laughing because it's Twitter. Yeah, and it was like a, <laughs> it was a thread talking about this, and someone was talking about how like their parents used to tell them like, "Oh, don't get up until you finish all your food because like they're starving kids in Africa, what? and, and, they're, and they're, they're like." The kids are going to be starving whether I finish my food or exactly. not. Exactly. They have nothing to do with me, man. <laughs> it's just like the stupidest shit that uh, parents say sometimes. It just sits me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one is physical discipline. Um, I hope I don't have to get too deep into that. Mm -hmm. Um, I pray that conversation, um challenging conversation evokes change in behavior i pray that it's that way um <laughs> my dad probably killed me but my dad was a disciplinarian of any sort of the word so physical discipline was was um his forte you know no matter what it was you know i think belts was his favorite thing um but you know, I definitely had my share of of whoopings, if you would like to say. Um, so it's not that it was a bad thing or negative, or it was ever like I had like whelps and all that stuff like that. Nah. Um, but I think that if there's a better way, I would like to explore a better way. Um, I've seen a lot of parents now that don't really take the whooping route and go other ways. Um, I got a buddy of mine that has three sons and he does not put his hands on his boys, but he does has physical punishments for them. So it could be, you know, holding a plank position for 30 seconds, five times. It could be, um, cleaning up you know cleaning out the attic it could be you know scrubbing his truck you know he finds things that they hate and makes them do them when they act up um so for me i think that you know physical discipline won't be the first discipline of choice for me it'll definitely be something that's a little bit more mentally and physically challenging and just me picking up a belt and whooping you because I feel like that only lasts for the time that you getting a whooping. Once it's over, you good. You ready to go back and attack life. But if it's something that you have to think about, it's a it's a physical pain or mental pain that, you know, you have to remember the next time you getting ready to do whatever you did. You be like, bro, do I really want to do this? Because like my pop's crazy, man. He finna make me. <laughs> You finna make me balance books on the palms of my hands and my knees for 30 minutes straight. And if I drop it, my time start over. And I just physically don't want to deal with that. So, you know, just simple things like that. So for me, physical um, discipline won't be number one. Cool. Thank you for being so transparent and open with me, Elgin. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so to kind of bring our episode around the mountain, mm -hmm. kind of thinking about when you were a child 
and the different lessons that your mom and your dad taught you, mm -hmm. which ones are you excited to pass on to EJ? Um, I would say one lesson that my mom taught me is um, doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Um, no matter how hard it is, no matter how many tears you may cry while doing the right thing, doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Um, so that would be a lesson that I want to definitely pass on to my son. Um, another lesson that I want to pass on to my son is... Hmm. I would say something that my father taught me. One thing my father taught me is that sometimes it's not always what you say, but it's how you say it. Um, and I think that I learned this lesson from my father because I at one point had a conversation with my dad and I was like, you were right. It wasn't what you said, but it's how you said it, dad. It's the way that you yelled. It's the way that you um, looked at me when you were expressing how you said what you said, you know. Um, and it took a while for, for this to kind of get through. Um, but eventually, I think I was in like 10th grade when we had like a like a breakthrough and he actually like stopped himself in the middle of talking to me and, you know, restarted over and was like, you know, I apologize but this is really what I'm trying to get you to understand and da 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 da. And it was a very good moment. Um, so that would be number two. It's not always what you say, but how you say it. Um, and then the third thing I would love to teach my son is I would love to teach him what in my opinion, what my mom showed me, what love is, is action. It's never ending going after what's best for both parties involved, making sacrifices for both parties involved, um, and making sure that you make those sacrifices for the right people. Um, my mom... And growing up, she dated and things like that. Um, she never married. But she always made it apparent for me to understand that her love for me and her love, period, came with, you know, sacrifice. It came with discipline. It came with wanting to make sure that both parties involved were well taken care of even herself you know there was a lot of times where my mom put me and my brother first you know she's a very selfless person and that's where i get a lot of that from um but there's a lot of times where she just needed to do stuff for herself and recharge um and she didn't do it very often but when she did um i was always happy for her you know um if she did something or you know, need to spend some time with herself. I would definitely make sure I took care of myself and not have to call her. 
um, and everything was done when she came home and she didn't have to worry about doing anything um, or running around and straighten up the house and stuff like that. So um, I would think that version of love from my mom would be something else that I would want to pass down to. Awesome. Okay, so our last question. For sure. Um, obviously, besides your name, <laughs> mm-hmm. what other traditions are you looking to pass down or start with EJ? Um, I think the biggest tradition I want to start with EJ is... I would say just a wealth tradition. Um... I think the dynamic and the understanding of what wealth is and how it's created starts with me. Um, My father taught me a lot about having money and getting money and, you know, what it takes to get money. But I don't think we visited the wealth conversation very much. Um, So, you know, what wealth looks like and how early can you start earning it and how important it is. Um... So that would be the biggest thing I want to give the EJ is I want to give him wealth and help him understand how we created it and how he can step into it and recreate it for his children and grandchildren at an early age, even before he has them. That's so awesome. Definitely. This is like my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the folks say. I, I love this episode too. And, um, you know, being a father is a joy of mine. Um, it really is a blessing to be able to impact someone's life and be able to be just selfless, um, for them and give them the best that you can, you know, that's on all areas, you know, put them in the best positions to grow and learn and, and be nurtured and be watered um just like a little plant man so that they can grow to the best of their ability okay that's awesome we gotta have um deuce on here one day to like share his (laughs) (laughs) when he gets older to talk about his life as your son definitely man we can do it we can do it okay well do you want to do our outro definitely man um <laughs> well first and foremost i appreciate you guys for listening for tuning in to another edition of lna podcast man um thank you to all the supporters all the people that have been listening you know all the people that have been um sharing the episode all the people that have been sending their feedback into the page or to us personally um we do not take it for granted man we do not take your time for granted you know however long our episodes is 38 minutes 48 minutes an hour and six minutes whatever you know you spending that time to connect with us we greatly appreciate you um but if you ain't following us on social media i mean it depends on if you just now jumping in on the (laughs) lna podcast train or if this is like your fifth episode of me saying this so I'm going to give grace again. You know, if you ain't following us, appreciate that follow. Follow us jointly at LNA Podcast. Um, and you can follow us separately, myself at executive underscore EL. And you can follow the lovely Miss A at a moment with A. 
Um, you can also check us out um, on Twitter. Um, I think Miss A's Twitter is what? Thoughts of A? No. See, you would know. A moment with A. No, stop. You're making it worse. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> let me just shut up. I do follow you as of today. I do follow oh, you. Oh, okay. Bet that up. As of today, as I do today, follow you. While I'm on my whole social media fast. <laughs> it's underscore Kile. Underscore Kile. And um, you can follow me on Twitter as well at the gentleman 9 Thank you guys for listening.